the Simple Pen Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm your host, Kate All, and I own a Pinterest management company based out of Portland, Oregon, where we manage our clients' Pinterest presence so they can focus back on their business. But I also aim to teach simple, actionable tips so you can DIY your Pinterest marketing. And today we're going to be talking about a new Pinterest plugin that has just come out, and I'm really excited about it. And it was created by food blogger Plur food blogger pro, if I can say that. Say that three um, times fast. That's I the, know. <laughs> how, much wood, wood, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck <laughs> if he great. was a food blogger pro member? <laughs> that is correct. So there you go. We have Bjork Ostrom. Is that how you say it? I it don't is. think yep. I've ever... Okay, it's Ostrom. like Ostrom. Like uh, if you were to tie... You saw somebody with a guitar and you said, oh, strum that guitar. And then you just combine those first two words, Ostrom. Look at that. I guess we all have those things for our last name. I do that too. (laughs) I'm like, it's Kate All, like the detergent, but not spelled by the detergent, like the detergent. And they're like, oh, okay. That does, you know, and they kind of walk away. (laughs) Um, Okay. So Bjork, you are here on the Simple Pin Podcast. So tell us a little bit about Food Blogger Pro and Pinch of Yum. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for inviting me onto the podcast. Super fun to... Uh, be on the other side of the podcast. We uh, yes. do Food Blogger Pro podcast, which you've been a part of as well. So everybody that's a big Kate All fan, which is obviously everybody listening to this, be sure to check out that episode where we talk a little bit about Pinterest as it relates to food blogs. Um, our kind of spark notes story, uh, my wife, Lindsay, and I started a blog back in 2010. And when I say my wife and I, it was primarily Lindsay that started the blog. I kind of helped out here and there, but she was really interested in starting and uh, growing a food blog. And it didn't start out uh, where she was interested in really growing it into this big thing, but it started out as uh, a site where she could share recipes. That was really the heart of the blog. Pinch of Yum was wanting to share recipes kind of on its own platform as opposed to social media or you know Facebook at that time. Um, and so she decided to start Pinch of Yum and said, hey, can you help me out with a few things behind the scenes, which I did. Uh, nothing too complicated, kind of setting up the site. We were on Tumblr at the time, oh, wow. uh, which is crazy to think about. Uh, but as she got into it and got more intentional about learning how to take better photographs and... Uh, write engaging uh, content and really crafted her recipe development, it started to pick up speed. And uh, probably about a year and a half into the process, I said, I'm really interested in web businesses and and building things online. And Lindsay is really interested in uh, crafting the artistry and developing her voice for the blog. And so I said, hey, what if we, what would it look like to experiment with this and see if we can turn it into an actual income, a career or a, a business? So that was back in 2011, year and a half after we started. Lindsay said, sure. Uh, and what my uh, ask was of Lindsay was I said, hey, can I come on once a month and do a little uh, kind of behind the scenes report and say, here are the things that we're learning, here are the things that we're implementing, and here are the things that we're doing in order to grow the site. Uh, so I started doing that uh, way back in 2011 and talked about here are the places we're making money, uh, here are the ways that we're trying to get more traffic, different things that we're practicing and implementing. And that allowed me and allowed us to really start to learn about how we can grow uh, a, a blog and specifically a food blog. 
so we continued to do that. It started out those reports where you know we had uh, hundreds of page views and uh, tens of dollars. Uh, but slowly over time, as we started to figure it out, that started to increase where hundreds of page views turned into thousands and tens of dollars turned into hundreds. And uh, slowly but surely, uh, we stuck with it and started to figure out how to grow a blog, a website that uh, was a sustainable source of income. And as we did that, uh, one of the things that we saw was a lot of people came to us and said, hey, can you uh, help me out with this specific thing? They had a question about one of the things that we talk about in the posts, or they'd come to Lindsay and say, can you help me understand how to take better photographs? And so as we heard from people, we realized, hey, there's actually a need for this really specific niche of food and recipe sites. There's a need for uh, education around this material. So we launched Food Blogger Pro in 2013 as a community and an education site for people in this same niche that we're in, food and recipe sites. Uh, and that community has uh, grown in the same way that Pinch of Yum did, really slowly. Uh, you know, there was uh, tens or hundreds of members uh, at first, but over time we added content, we built out the community, we added experts. So Kate, you're a Food Blogger Pro expert, so you're able to weigh in not only on the podcast, but occasionally when somebody has a specific Pinterest question on the forums. And we've been able to uh, build that community up over time uh, to now we have thousands of people from around the world uh, that are part of this community. So that's Food Blogger Pro. And then the last piece to kind of connect what we're going to talk to today was as we were growing these two things, Pinch of Yum and Food Blogger Pro, we started to get a really good understanding of what the needs were, not only because we personally had those needs, but also because the community that we were a part of that we helped facilitate, Food Blogger Pro, helped to inform us inform us of the things that uh, that they needed. And so we launched WP Tasty, and WP stands for WordPress. A lot of people use WordPress as their content management system, so the thing that helps them run their blog. Uh, so we launched WP Tasty to help serve some of the needs that we personally had, as well as the needs that, uh, that uh, we knew that people had in our community, but outside of it as well. So WP Tasty is, is coming out of, it's kind of a sister site to Food Blogger Pro, but not technically connected. So anybody can go over there and be a part of uh, WP Tasty and use the products that we have. Right now we have two. One is a recipe plugin, uh, which we won't go into today, but food bloggers know that that's a really big deal. And the other one that we're really excited about is a plugin specifically aimed at people that want to optimize their images and their site for Pinterest and SEO. And that will be my little teaser as we jump into it and we can talk a little bit more about it. Yes, I love it. And one thing I, I have to just in that story and commend you is you're a really great teacher and you kind of extrapolating um, things that you need to pull out to explain deeper. And that's what I love about listening to your podcast too, is that you guys like overall in your story describing from, you know, Pinch of Yum to Food Blogger Pro to, you know, WTP Tasty is that what I love about that is at each point you've said, okay, how can we move into this and fulfill a need? Okay, how can we move into this and fulfill a need? And then do it really well to where people can process the information and know how to use it. And I think that really is a gift that a lot of people don't have where they'll come up with this great idea, but they lack the execution sequentially mm -hmm. to help people get on board. And I think that's also something I see inside Food Blogger Pro is that there's this great community of people where they know they can come together, but you guys do a great teaching side in there too, that it's yeah, not thanks. just these forums, but these places where you can teach and go, okay, here's how we're going to walk you through this process. And 
answer questions. And I think I do that too a little bit in my community is like, I see these questions kind of bubble up to the surface Mm -hmm. and you go, somebody's got to find a solution for that. And I think that's what we'll dive into. That's a perfect segue with Tasty Pins because there is a tension out there for people as to how to fulfill the need of both Google and Pinterest. And they are both very potent search engines. I would say Google Mm -hmm. is more so than Pinterest, but we definitely know that Pinterest is not a social media platform. It's a search and discovery platform. And so you have to play along those lines. But then how do Google and Pinterest play together when they kind of don't really you know, mm-hmm. in the in the Google Analytics space and they're tracking and it's kind of like you're trying to figure out these two different beasts and mm-hmm. help them marry together in how right. you're working. So talk to me a little bit about that tension of SEO Pinterest and what you saw yeah. started arising in your community and how you wanted to solve the problem through this. Yeah, absolutely. So, and and the the tension is even greater because they are, like you said, they're two really powerful platforms. Uh, not only for uh, growing your presence, like on Pinterest, you can grow your presence on Pinterest as a, a Pinterest uh, creator and uh, contributor, but also as a source of traffic. And you know that because you've built a business around Pinterest and know the potential for that to be really influential. But then there's also on the other side, Google and search. And that's a huge thing uh, across the board for any site because you're able to drive traffic to your site. If you do it right, you're able to do that free. So you don't have to pay to get people to your site, which is such a beautiful thing. And the same for Pinterest. Um, And for Pinch of Yum, those are the two primary sources of traffic for us, Pinterest and Google. And there's some ways that uh, you can do things on your site that uh, uh, that work well for both of those. And one of those ways is to use something like rich pins. And I'm going to speak specifically to people that have uh, a food and recipe site where you can mark up your recipe, which essentially you'd use a recipe plugin. There's lots of options out there. We created one called Tasty Recipes. And that allows you to uh, mark up your recipe in a way where Pinterest understands that it's a recipe and Google understands that it's a recipe. And that's great because you can get rich pins, which means that for a food blog, there's uh, ingredients included um, and a lot of other uh, additional things that, uh, that make the pin optimized that create a rich pin. And we can link to that. We don't want to go too in depth in this. Uh, And on Google, the rich pin is beneficial because you're able to see information about the recipe, like how many times it's been uh, rated and reviewed, the stars. Uh, You can see calories if you do it right, an image. And all of those things help to increase traffic to your site from search and from Pinterest. Uh, So that's an example of a way where they kind of complemented each other. But one of the things that we noticed was there's also this area where there's this tension where you had to choose between, am I going to optimize for Google or am I going to optimize for Pinterest? And that was the area of the alt text. So I'm going to explain what the alt text is, and then I'm going to explain why it's an issue and why there's that tension, and then how we went about solving that with Tasty, uh, tasty Pins. So uh, the... Alt text is the area when you're creating your image, when you're uploading it into WordPress uh, or any other content management system, but I'm going to use WordPress as an example, knowing that most people will be using WordPress. But there's an area where you, that says alt text. And a lot of times we can see that and not really know exactly what that is or, or what it's used for. But the reason that the alt text was created is alt stands for alternative. 
And one of the things that I love to do with any kind of complicated uh, concept or idea when it comes to web is just really think of like, what does that word mean? So alt text, alternative text, what does it mean? Well, it's the alternative text for the image. So some examples of when that would be used. Number one, one that maybe everybody here can relate to is if you go to a site or maybe if you get an email and you see that little uh, kind of broken uh, link or broken image icon where there's a box around it and you know that there's supposed to be an image there, but the image isn't there. A lot of times the alt text will be used in that uh, in place of that image. So let's say somebody deleted the image, it's not there anymore, or maybe you send an email and the email provider doesn't load the image in, but what they'll do is they'll load the alt text and they'll show you, hey, the image isn't here, but we're gonna show you the alternative text. That's one way that the alt text would be used. A second way that it would be used would be uh, for screen readers. So if somebody's visually impaired and they're using a screen reader, uh, they're not able to look at the image and see what it is. So instead, what happens is they have a computer program that's going through and reading all of the text on the page. So a paragraph is really easy to read, right? So it can go through and we all know what that's like. It's There's a robotic voice, which is getting better and better that will read through the text and describe what the, uh, uh, or, or read to you the text. But when it gets to an image, it doesn't really know what to do. So at that point, it looks at the alternative text and it reads off what the alt text is to that person. So they're able to understand at that point what the image is. Uh, so that would be the second way that it's used. And then the third way, and this would be important for anybody that's interested in kind of the traffic or optimization side of things. The third way that the alt text is used is when search engines like Google come to your site and they see an image, they're using the alt text to inform them what that image is about. So it's an optimization technique in order to communicate to search engines and Google what that image is about. And as people know, the best way to optimize for SEO is to do uh, as thorough of a job as possible, uh, describing in natural language, you don't want to be spammy about it, but in natural language, what your post and your content is about. And we often talk about keywords. So if you have a recipe and it's chocolate chip cookies, uh, and you are uh, using that in your title and your URL, those are all really good SEO practices. But when it comes to your image, you want to make sure that you're not just stuffing that with a bunch of keywords. You want to make sure that you're doing whatever you can to actually describe the image. Uh, and the tension came in and the tension exists because so many bloggers, ourself, uh, myself, myself oursel ourselves included for Pinch of Yum, were using the alt text not to describe the image, but we were using a Pinterest description for that image. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to shift and I'm going to talk a little bit about how that works and why that happens and why that's an issue. So the Pinterest description is really a powerful marketing tool or traffic driver on the Pinterest side of things. But when you pin an image, it uses the alt text from that image as the description for that pin. Now you can start to see why that's an issue because if you're doing a really good job of optimizing for Pinterest, it probably isn't describing what the image is. It's probably describing what the, what the post is, or in our case, what the recipe is, and describing why it's such a great recipe. And it might go so far as to also include hashtags or maybe a URL to your or site. Or like a call to action. 
yeah. a call to action, right? All of those things. And those are detrimental to the alt text because uh, there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, it's not actually describing the image. So it's describing the post or the recipe. It's not describing the image. So if people go to uh, Google and maybe they do an image search, that would be one way that they can discover your content. And if you're using a Pinterest text there, it's not going to do a good job describing what it is. An example would be if you have an image of cookie dough, but instead you're describing a chocolate chip cookie recipe, then there's going to be a, a, a disconnect there because it's not describing what the image is. Uh, so Which, that's where real quickly, of, let me ask this. Yeah. So let's say, you know, um, Lindsay's created this post about chocolate chip cookies, which I'm looking on the example with the video that you've created. The alternative text is chocolate chip cookies and a glass of milk on a fabric surface. So that would mean that while you're creating the post, you have to describe each image. Like you can't just do one and leave them all blank. Or what a lot of people would do is they would just copy and paste. Exactly. And that's another reason why there, that's an issue is because, and we would do this too. So we're right in this camp. We were solving our own problem. And what we realized is, man, this is just about a blanket problem where it's where it's happening across the board. What we realized was it was happening in other places Uh as well. It wasn't just us. This was across the board. But just like you said, oftentimes we would take one Pinterest description, we would copy that, and we'd put it in maybe five or six different uh, images throughout that post. And two reasons that's bad. Number one, what you don't want to do from a search perspective is you don't want to look like you're just keyword stuffing, which means putting the same keyword in a bunch of times or creating duplicate content. You want your content to look natural. And nobody knows exactly how Googlebot works, the thing that searches through your site. But there's a lot of best practices. And one of them is you want your content to be natural and you want the descriptions of the images to be accurate to what the image actually is. And that doesn't happen if you're using a Pinterest description and, and uh, duplicating that for every different alt text. Um, and then the other reason that it's bad. So the first is that you're duplicating it across the board. It's the same thing. But then you're also losing out on the potential for those images to rank. And that's really a beneficial thing because a lot of people will do image search. And you want to be sure that those images are valuable in and of themselves as a standalone uh, asset that you have for your blog. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the alternative text piece and how description descriptive you want to get in that. Great. I would love to. So with the alt text, essentially what you want to do, uh, and there's some great articles that we can uh, link okay. to with this. Uh, and Raquel, who's... Yeah. Uh, Raquel, who's done a great job uh, at uh, WPTC, kind of helping to lead some of the product development with that, actually just released a blog post where she talks about how to craft alt text for images. So essentially, what you want to do when you look at the image, you want to say, how would you describe this to somebody that doesn't know what the image is? So uh, let's say that somebody was uh, sitting next to you and they, you were looking at this image and they said, hey, what is the image that you're looking at? Uh, what you would say is like if it was a chocolate chip cookies on a table with a glass of milk, you'd say, well, it's four chocolate chip cookies uh, on a table with a, gl a glass of milk in a mason jar. Like that would be a really good alt text because it's doing a really good job of describing what the image is. It doesn't have to be totally run on. You don't have to go super detail with it. Uh, the basic idea is uh, people should be able to have some general understanding of what that image is. And I would say it could probably be a sentence. So a sentence about what that image is. Okay. And do you don't have to put like punctuation in there? Like you don't have to do any of that. It's just straight simple sentence. Right. Yep. 
Yep, exactly. So you can just drop in a sentence. And it's, it was actually funny because as we were researching this and looking into it, there's a couple different uh, articles that actually rank really well uh, for alt text, like what is alt text. Uh, and those articles themselves don't have alt text for their that images. That is awesome. So yeah, right. So so it's something that's really easy to skip. But if you do it, you're going you're gonna to win... Uh, in, in, in the long run, it's not a short run. You're not going to see this huge boost where suddenly you show up on the first page, but it's these incremental kind of snowball changes where uh, if you're doing this for every post and let's say you do 50 posts or 100 posts in a year, that stuff really adds up over time. So it's beneficial for the long run. Uh, and what we've started to do is we've started to go back and actually update our old posts as well to make sure that we're optimized across the board for these. So to answer your question, you don't have to get uh, super specific, specific. It's not going to penalize you if you don't have correct capitalization or something like that. Uh, but what what I would do, what I would recommend is saying like, in a sentence, describe what this image okay. is. So here's a question that I know some people probably have on their minds as they look at, you know, you talked about, you know, updating or going back through is um, I always tell people start with those top 10 posts from Google or from Pinterest that are getting the most traffic. But a lot of people come back and they ask, what happens when I do this update? Will that change my ranking? Or will will Google derank me or Pinterest or whatever? Right. There's that fear. If I change something, it, my ship is going to sink. Will this impact it negatively? Yes. yes, for sure. So I would say uh, I wouldn't be too worried about that. I think the... Uh, the small incremental changes are going to be wins. So uh, by going back and updating the alt text, uh, what you're doing is you are optimizing it. You're optimizing something that's already good as opposed to uh, impacting it negatively. Now, if you're super nervous about it, uh, you could just leave the alt text as it is um, and go back and optimize the Pinterest text monitor for a while, uh, and then make small changes. So then go back and make the alt text for a uh, change for one image, and then monitor that. So uh, what, what we can talk about in a little bit is optimizing that Pinterest description and how we do that with Tasty Pins. But to address your specific question, what I would say is, if you are nervous, number one, <laughs> my strong encouragement would be that optimizing, doing the right thing is going to be beneficial for the long term. But if it helps to ease the stress of uh, the potential of de-ranking your site or having it not perform as well, I would say just monitor, uh, change and monitor. Uh, so make one change and then you can monitor it and see, hey, after two weeks, you'll notice that it didn't impact negatively. So you can go back, you can make another update, knowing that you're moving towards better. Uh, but that will help you uh, feel better about making one huge sweeping change when you don't feel totally confident with it. I think that's one of the biggest things is when people get in and start making these updates, a lot of times they don't feel totally confident with the updates they're making. And they're jumping into the most influential things and updating those when they don't feel fully comfortable with it yet. So either make small changes and monitor or start with your less influential content and, and until the point where you feel confident and like, okay, I've got a groove with this. I, have, I, I feel confident making these changes and updates. And then you can start to focus on some of those more influential posts. Yeah. And I think you also made a great comment about um, this isn't like a quick, um, quick, you know, ticket to the top. Like a lot of people are kind of looking for these get rich quick kind of changes we can make with Pinterest or with Google. And you made a great point about like, it's a snowball effect. It's something that you lay the foundation for and you build on. So I get a lot of that in my community is how do we just do something that's going to make it make me get traffic right away? Well, I think this is a great reminder that, you know, do a little bit monitor. <laughs> 
do a little bit, monitor some more and see how it's working. So I, that's a good um, call to action there. Yeah. And I think it's like I, there's this uh, advertising agency and I went to this meeting that they had uh, kind of like a, a get to know you connection meeting. It was a long time ago. But they said their most common request for a business is somebody to come to them and be like, how do we make a viral video? Like as if there's this formula for it. Uh, and I think that there's... It, as great as that is, uh, there's a lot to be said about this idea of making small improvements and working towards better each and every day. And this alt text and Pinterest description is an awesome way to do that because it takes maybe an additional five minutes uh, throughout the posting process, five to 15 minutes. Uh, but that snowballs and it compounds on itself, uh, which is uh, great for the long term. It's not going to create a viral piece of content. It might play into it, might help that at some point, uh, but it's going to make a really big difference over the long period of time. Yes, definitely. I love, I just love, always love reminding people of that because I get the same thing. How do I get a viral pin? How do I get these things? And I'm like, you know, these people who have these pins that continue to bring traffic over and over, and it seems like a ton of traffic have done a lot of groundwork. And it's not like they've had instant success, kind of you know, how you guys have taken seven years to build Pinch of Yum and that spiraled into other things. So that's yes, a really yep. good... It's a long... <laughs> seven years is a long time. It yes. doesn't sound like a lot until you spend seven years doing something and then you're like, that was a lot of time. Yes, and a lot of <laughs> mental energy. Okay, so yeah. one of the great things that I love about this is the Pinterest text box that is added into this plugin. And I can, as I love that it's right there. Any basic new user can go, oh, I put my Pinterest text here. I put my alternative yes. text here. So talk about why you guys really like how, you know, this came to be and, yep. you know, just tell me it, it's genius. For sure. So this, and this came from, uh, we have another one of the Food Blogger Pro experts is Casey, and he has a company called MediaWise, and Casey Marquis is his uh, full name, and he does SEO uh, audits and uh, works on optimizing uh, blogs and websites and food blogs. Uh, and he came to us and said, uh, uh, he sent me a message on Slack and, and said, Bjork, here's, you got to take a look at this. There's an issue here. Um, the, you're not using the alt text for what the alt text should be used for. Um, and I, and I processed through that and I looked at it and I said, you know what, there, that is an issue. And there's a huge gap here, an optimization gap, because the issue is if we optimize for Pinterest, then we're damaging our SEO and not using the alt text correctly for screen readers or when the image is broken. If we optimize the alt text for SEO and screen readers, then it's going to be a really terrible experience for the Pinterest description. You can imagine what it would be like if you pinned an image and it said chocolate chip cookies on a table with a glass of milk. And then that shows up on Pinterest. It would be like, oh, nobody wants to click <laughs> yes. on that. Even if it's an awesome image, it's not an enticing description. So we started to look into it and we said, what are the ways that we can address this problem? Uh, and instead of having to choose, would we be able to create a solution that allows both of those things to exist where we can optimize for Pinterest and feel great about it. And we can optimize for the alt text and feel great about it. So we started to look into it and we started to research a little bit. And we found out a way uh, to hook into the, the image code in a way that we're able to put in a Pinterest description as well as the alt text. 
and to do so in a way where the Pinterest description only talks to Pinterest and the alt text is used for Googlebot, so for the uh, search engines, as well as for screen readers. And we're super excited about that solution. So we decided to, instead of having to pick, do we optimize for SEO and screen readers or do we optimize for Pinterest? We said, let's create a new area in WordPress right next to the alt text that says Pinterest description. So now when you go through and you're adding your image in, you can say for the alt text, to use the chocolate chip cookies recipe again, you can say you know chocolate chip cookies on a table with a glass of milk. And then for the Pinterest description, you can go in and create an awesome Pinterest description. You can say uh, the most incredible chocolate chip cookie recipe uh, you know, takes less than 30 minutes to make. Uh, and freeze, and they freeze super well. Uh, you could include some hashtags, uh, so you could, you know, uh, include baking recipes, uh, cookies. Which I think dessert. is really great for people because there was that concern: what if I'm adding a hashtag yes. to the alt text? That's weird. Yes, exactly. Yes, it's same idea where it feels really weird and wouldn't be an intuitive way to communicate to a human what the image would be. Like you wouldn't have a conversation with somebody and say, hey, what is that? They would say, what is that image? And you'd say, well, it's chocolate chip cookies with a glass of milk, hashtag recipes. Right. Like it just doesn't make sense. But for Pinterest, it does. And we actually had some conversations with Pinterest uh, and we asked them specifically about including hashtags. And they said, and I know we checked in with you as well uh, on this and said, yeah, this is something that we're actually encouraging people to do. They said up to 20 hashtags. And I said, is that like the recommendation? <laughs> yeah. And they said, well, uh, we, would, we would recommend, you know, four or five mm -hmm. or six hashtags, relevant hashtags to the image. Um, and so now with Tasty Pins, you're able to separate those and use the alt text as well as the Pinterest description and feel really good about both of those. Yeah, I, it just it does solve so many problems that I think a lot of people have had. So I just I love that you can edit the photo. It pops up. You see Pinterest text, alternative text. You're done and you're good to go. And it will take mm -hmm. um, I think as far as the Pinterest text, if you want to copy and paste that throughout all the images on your post, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah. You could change it up a little bit, but I I like that you can copy and paste that, but you do have to take yeah. more time to figure out your alternative text, but it's not going to take you any more than probably five minutes to complete a whole post. Would you say? Right. Yep. I would say, I would say that's exactly right. I would say part of it depends on how intentional you are with writing that description. So, you know, there's that line where it says, if you're writing a blog post, uh, spend 20% of your time on the post and 80% on the, uh, the headline. Uh, and, and I think that there's something to be said about that. Not necessarily that you want to spend 80% of your time writing right. a Pinterest description, but the Pinterest description can have a really big impact. Yeah. And if you're using that on five or six, uh, recipes, and then you think about that, let's say it gets pinned and then people see that, that has a huge impact uh, on people being enticed to interact with that pin and click on that pin or repin that. Um, and I, you would know better than I would, Kate, but my guess is that the vast majority of people aren't going in and adding Never. in their own... Pinterest description, they're using the one that's the default yeah. in the pin. Would you say that's Oh, definitely. definitely. I like to joke and uh, it's a good thing my mom doesn't listen to the podcast, but like I joke that my mom isn't going to go in and change anything. She's just going to, she's going for the image. She's not even really going for what's on the text because the image gives her all the information she wants to know and how it's pulled her in. So she says, I just want to save this. It could say yum. It could say cute. It could say image 08315. And I think that's the that's the thing that people miss is if you don't go in and edit that and change it, 
you are going to be, let's say you do have a viral post and what Pinterest polls is image 08315. Now you've lost this whole ability to get all this amazing search traffic on Pinterest because your audience is sharing on your behalf. And it's really, really a missed opportunity to scale higher in the search on Pinterest. Yes, for sure. And that's the other thing that's a, a good point to pin out, or a good, I said a good point <laughs> to pin out. A good uh, thing to point out um, is that you are, by including that text, you're also optimizing for search. So not only are you optimizing for people that see that and then are enticed to interact with the pin, so there's that element, but also you're telling Google much, or you're telling Pinterest, much like you tell Google, what that image is about. But the good thing is that it's it's you can focus that more on the actual recipe because you don't have to describe what the image is. You can say, here's in general what the content is about for when you get to this page. Uh, here's why this recipe is so good. Or if you're in the uh, fashion world, let's say, um, here's why this uh, outfit is so incredible because you know how much it costs or uh, um, how easy it is to get or it's all at Target. Whereas if you were actually writing the alt text for that, you'd describe what the image is. Like it, it's a, uh, you know, a woman wearing a pencil skirt and uh, and a new purse. I couldn't. I, think know, of a I was like thing. impressed you came up with pencil skirt. Pencil skirt. That was pretty good. That wasn't was it? great. Yeah. I had a fashion Never. class in college, and that was the one thing I took away from it. <laughs> awesome. uh, well, I think when you yeah. say that, though, that actually I want to point that out to people who are listening and thinking this is really just primarily a plugin for food bloggers because it's a plugin for all types of bloggers because you need everybody has the tension between Pinterest text and alternative text. So it's not just designed for food bloggers. Yeah, right. And that's what we're really excited about. So we have the one plugin, which is Tasty Recipes, which obviously is very specific for food and recipes. But we also have Tasty Pins, which could be used across the board. So you don't have to be somebody that's doing a food blog. You, uh, you'd want to be somebody that's uh, focused both on Pinterest and search, which the vast majority of content creators, uh, Pinterest and search would probably be in their... Uh, top five, yeah. maybe even top yes. three for traffic sources. Uh, I would guess that it would be uh, search, Pinterest, and then probably Facebook would be in the yeah, mix as well. Yeah, that's what we see. the primary traffic yep. drivers. Yeah. I, I find that there's it's, it's really interesting to see um, people who might be like heavy, heavy Instagram influencers. You might think they get a lot of traffic, but what's surprising is that you really don't get a whole lot of traffic from Instagram at all. Like it's very, very rare. But um, then you open up their analytics and it's all Pinterest and Google. And people are surprised by that, especially if they haven't been paying attention to their analytics. And they go... I haven't even been paying attention to Pinterest. I didn't even know I was getting traffic. But what's happening is that your audience is sharing to that platform on your behalf. And that's the most powerful tool that you have in this space. Yeah. And that's what we noticed with Pinch of Yum. Lindsay actually, for a long time, wasn't an active Pinterest user. And Pinterest was the primary source of traffic, even when we weren't active at all on Pinterest. And that's the unique thing about Pinterest is that you don't need to be active on the site in order to optimize and get a lot of traffic from it. And like you, exactly like you said, it's because people are uh, interacting with and leveraging your content for their, like they're saving it, uh, they're, uh, you know, repinning it, they're using it in ways that don't require you to even be an active part of it, which is it's a really beautiful. unique, yeah, it's a beautiful thing and uh, can be even 
better if you are intentional about doing some of the optimization stuff like we talked yeah, about. Yeah, this makes it super easy. So I want to talk about one other aspect of the plugin that we haven't covered right now, but it's a, something that I get a lot of questions about, and that's hiding Pinterest images. So um, we kind of we have a lot of food bloggers that we manage for, and we have generally um, those fo- who fall in the camp of I would like text on my image. And what we find with Pinterest images is we do find that some of the text tend to perform better. However, there are times when the ones without text perform good for some other people. And then preference is they don't want text on their images, but they know they need to kind of play a little bit to the Pinterest audience. And so the question comes up, how do you hide a Pinterest image in your post? And I'm pretty sure Lindsay's post on Pinch of Yum is like number one on Google, right? For that's which one? how to hide a Pinterest. Oh, image. hiding yeah. a Pinterest post. Yeah, it might be. I haven't checked for a while, but yeah. Yeah, I always get people referring to her post. Here's how you do it. And it's a code yeah. and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. So talk right. about that element of hiding the Pinterest image. Yes. So this is another Pinterest optimization technique where it allows people some flexibility that have specific uh, desires for the branding of a blog post, but also want to uh, lean into and leverage some of the uh, best practices or perceived best best practices, whatever that might be. So some people might, like you said, some people might say, hey, I, I want to do text for uh, as many images as possible. And others might say, don't want to do text, but I know that I should for Pinterest. Uh, so what the uh, other part of the plugin allows you to do is it allows you to uh, hide an image without having to do any of the code stuff. And that was the thing that's, uh, you know, nobody in WordPress, there's the visual tab and then there's the tab where you see the text or the HTML. And it's like, as much as possible, people don't like to go over to the text tab where they see all the code uh, because it's you get into it and you're like, am I breaking something? Am I messing something up? So what this allows you to do is really easily upload an image that's automatically hidden. So when you go to the post, you don't see it. uh, You don't interact with it at all. It's not a really long image that shows up in your post. But when you click the Pinterest button, it shows up. So you're able to see that. You're able to interact with it. And you're able to pin that. So in the same way that uh, the Pinterest description allows you to optimize the image, including a long image on your post allows you to optimize for Pinterest in general. And with that pin, you'll also want to make sure that long pin, you'll also want to make sure that you have an optimized Pinterest description, which is really easy to do with the plugin. Uh, Because then not only do you have all of the images in the post, but you also have this uh, image that's maybe a long pin, maybe it's a pin with text, maybe it's it's a pin that you think will do really well on Pinterest, but you don't want that to be displayed on your blog. And it allows you to have the best of both worlds again. That's really what we were trying to do with this plugin is like, how can we have the best of both worlds and not have to decide one or the other. And so this, in the same way that uh, giving you both the Pinterest text and the alternative text, this allows you to have uh, include an image that you feel like will be optimized for Pinterest without having to decide, uh, do I have to put this in my post in order for it to be displayed when somebody clicks the pin button. And then the other thing I've heard of people doing is they just directly upload it to Pinterest, which is a whole nother step. And then making sure it links and it's only there on Pinterest. It's not even in the post. So you're trying to optimize pinning both of them in your scheduling tool, whatever one you use. But that's, again, more time, whereas this allows you to just do it while you're in your post. Anybody can grab it when they hit the Pinterest extension button and it pops up instead of multiple steps. 
Yeah. And, and that's a really important piece is that, you know, if you're uploading straight to Pinterest, that's going to be you pushing that out to your followers. Whereas if you are including it within the post, that's going to allow you to have the opportunity for really influential people to come across and see that pin and and post it. And that's so often what kickstarts a viral pin uh, is somebody that is highly influential uh, sharing that with their audience. We tell the story a lot of this person named uh, Jane Wang. And we're like, who is this person? And you know why? This was way back in the beginning, both of Pinterest and, and Pinch of Yum. And we saw this huge spike in traffic. And we were trying to figure out who it was. And we pinned it down, pinned it down, pun intended, to this uh, account. And her name was Jane Wang. We're like, who is this Jane Wang character? And it turns out she was the uh, Ben, who's the founder of co-founder of Pinterest. It's his oh mom. And she had like one of the most popular Pinterest accounts, I think because she was right. like a suggested follow yeah. early on. Um, and I mentioned that we had a call with Pinterest last week. And I mentioned that to them. Uh, and I was like, Jane Wang. And they're like, Ben's mom. Like they, they everybody knew. There was two, two of them on the call and they both were like, oh, we know who that is. Awesome. But we say that often that a huge part of building a, a following online isn't to think about how many. And this, I'm speaking to the people that are in the early stages and, uh, you know, are maybe discouraged by their numbers or feeling like they're, you know, trudging along and not making progress. Remember that it's not in the early stages, especially it's not about how many, but it's about who. And when you're creating high quality content, when you're creating content that you know is going to be really helpful and that you feel really proud of um, and that you spend a lot of time on, that people that come across that are going to recognize high quality content for what it is. And you never know when somebody coming to your site is going to be, you know, uh, Jamie Curtis or Jane Wang or Martha Stewart, and they're going to interact with your content because it's high quality. And we found that to be true in the early stages with Pinch of Yum, where it, it we had tiny, tiny numbers, but we that we were able to connect with some influential people that helped to kickstart uh, some of that traffic and momentum in the growth along the way. And the uh, Pinterest pin, the long Pinterest pin or text pin or hidden pin or whatever, is an example of one way to think about that. How can I optimize that? Uh, type of content in a way where somebody influential might come across it when they come to my site uh, and then pin that to their board. Yes. I'm just going to say that's a good mic drop right there. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Exactly. I would drop the mic yeah, if I could. Exactly. We don't want you to do that. On my desk. Okay. So tell <laughs> us where we can go to find out more about Tasty Pins and is there a cost yeah. and how much is that cost and For all sure. that kind of stuff. Yep. You bet. Yep. So WPTasty.com is the overarching brand. When you go there, you'll see uh, two, the two different plugins that we have. Tasty Recipes, it's going to be super clear. Tasty Recipes and Tasty Pins. If you click on the Learn More for Tasty Pins, it'll take you to that page. It's a $29 plugin. And with that $29 comes one year of updates and it comes with uh, unlimited support. So we have an awesome support team. Uh, the person that created and developed the plugin, uh, his name is Daniel. He was a uh, on staff at WordPress, uh, supporting and helping to manage the most uh, influential sites that run WordPress. So uh, it was called the WordPress VIP program. And he does freelance development now. And uh, Daniel's the one that developed that plugin. Uh, so we feel super excited to offer that at $29. And then we have support that goes along with it. So we have an awesome support staff. Um, and we're actively using it. So that's one of the best things with Tasty Recipes and Tasty Pins is that um, we're not just people that are creating plugins, but we are people that are using plugins to build our primary 
customer business. So it's a really important part of, of our um, strategy and a really important part of Pinch of Yum. So if you want to continue with it with the support and updates after that, uh, you'd renew at $29 a year, but it won't stop working after a year. So we really want to make sure that people understand that, that the $29 goes to continued support. And that's $29 a year, not a month. $29 a year goes continued support and updates. Uh, but it can be a one-time fee and you get access to it and you can download it and start using it. Uh, and if you want to never update it again or get any support after a year, uh, you don't need to update. Uh, but obviously, we would recommend that people stay uh, up to date with it to have support and continued updates with it. So again, it's WPTasty.com. Standing, it stands for WordPress tasty.com. My friends that don't have web businesses, uh, I told them we launched a business called WP Tasty. And to them, it's this um, uh, British uh, uh, poet named WP Tasty. So whenever I mention WP Tasty, they, they curl their mustache, their yes. fake mustache. And, uh, and use a British accent and say WP Tasty. I here love again. that. Uh, but it stands it stands for WordPress. So that's how people can check out. Isn't Tasty it Pins. funny to like marry the the your worlds, your communities, or like people are in online yeah. and they get your speak and they do, and then you hop over for to sure. your offline community. They're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Like I don't even know what you do all day. That's like. My worst friends uh, overlapping with business moment was when uh, uh, we were on a trip to Austin with some friends. It was, it was like a guy's trip. And they're like, Bjork, you have a podcast, don't you? And they pulled it up, but then they listened to it on like uh, 1.5 or 2 times speed. And they're they just like, this is the best ever. And I just had to sit and listen. Awesome. It, was, it was not a feel cool with your friends moment. No, you're like, can we just move on from here already? Yes. All exactly. right. So everybody hop over to WPTasty.com and check it out. They have a great video of how to use it with some great music. And I would also say too that I have it on my site and I installed it and I am not techie or, you know, I, I hate HTML anything. And I yeah. did. It, yeah. it was so easy and it's something that we're definitely going to implement here at Simple Pin and using for the Simple Pin blog. And then also looking into talking with our community about it because I love that it solves a problem. And that's what I've always said about anything that I choose to use in my business is it needs to solve a problem instead of yeah. being the next greatest thing, right? Like I'm not a trend follower, but mm -hmm. I am definitely somebody who goes, mm -hmm. yeah, this makes my life easier. Let's use this. Yep. And... Yeah, so yeah, sure. I'm really excited about that. So anything else you want people to know before we hop off? No, I think my... I say no, and then I'm going <laughs> to add okay. something. And this, this is, is awesome. Yeah. This is a very me thing is to be like, no, not at all. And one yes. more thing. Uh, my, I would just say my encouragement to people listening is to... Uh, we talk about this concept of 1% infinity. And uh, my encouragement to people listening, kind of the last thing that we can talk about is... Um, I would say two things, find way with 1% infinity, find ways to love what you're doing, to love the process, to enjoy it, uh, and to realize like the value in the work. I think sometimes we can get convinced that like the work is, is, is this like unsatisfying thing that we have to do in order to get somewhere else. But as much as possible, fall in love with the work, which allows you to continue to do it. And this is the important part with 1% infinity, uh, to continue to do it over a long period of time. That's the infinity part. And to get a little bit better every day. And that's the 1% part. And instead of feeling like I want to be this, you know, the biggest blog ever or have a huge social media following, think about each and every day. What are the ways that I can enjoy what I'm doing and try and find ways to get a little bit better? Um, 
And that's one of the philosophies that we have and we want to talk to people about and encourage people to think about is this idea of 1% infinity, a little bit better every day and enjoy the process. So that's what we can end. Perfect. Perfect ending. Well, if you want links to content that they have, the blog content, how to write great Pinterest descriptions and to check out the plugin, which you should definitely do, head to simplepinmedia.com slash 83 for more info. Thanks so much for coming on, Bjork. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was super fun. Thanks, Kate. 